Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Selmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield News, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Ag Commissioner visits MISD Elementary School. The lot downtown and the city ink a deal. Veterans benefits event set for Saturday. American Red Cross to hand out free smoke alarms. Jonathan Dodd, what's coming up in sports today? And there is now only one undefeated team left in MISD football. Coming up in the features section. I'm Dennis Webb and in today's science segment, an update on the mission where we crashed a spaceship into an asteroid. Ready? Get set? Go Mansfield. It's good for your heart. I'm Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to Know, and you'll hear more next. Does landscaping really matter when you are going to sell? I'm Beth Steinke, and today we'll discuss best practices on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that'll give a punch to your normal glass of red wine. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve concludes his in-studio interview with Mansfield resident Christy Silvis about her 750-mile trek on the Camino de Santiago in Spain. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams of Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, And I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. Hi, I'm Parker James and Caden Shea from the band Olivox, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Texas Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller visited Tarver-Rendon Agricultural School of Leadership on Wednesday to tour the facilities and meet with the Nutrition Department. The Agriculture Commissioner has a broad range of responsibilities, including issues related to farming and ranching, rural health care, and public school cafeterias. Commissioner Miller toured the elementary school, including the student gardens, greenhouse, and outdoor learning space. The Mansfield ISD student nutrition team then provided a tour of the Tarverendon kitchen and presented the commissioner with their infamous nachos, prepared with locally sourced grass-fed Angus ground beef, and then a trip to the garden-grown veggie bar. Tarverendon opened in January 1971 and moved to its new and current location in 2012, located just outside Mansfield city limits on Retta Mansfield Road. The lot downtown and the city of Mansfield have made a deal. They announced it at Monday's city council meeting last week. The city has agreed to pay $800,000 to Historic Mansfield Performance Park, the nonprofit organization that built the outdoor venue. The city owns the property the lot sits on and 
is leased back to the organization for $1 a year. The buyback pays for infrastructure and voids the 30-year lease contract. The lot president, Justin Gilmore, said that the nonprofit he chairs will continue to operate the venue, not more frequently, but with bigger events. The lot has been home to many great events such as Meat Mugs and Music, the inaugural Freedom Fest, and multiple movie nights. If you're a military veteran, be it young or old or retired, what have you, there is an event coming up this weekend that you may be interested in. It is the Fall Veterans Benefit Seminar. With us on the telephone is Tim Milligan. He is the chairman of the Mansfield Veterans Memorial Foundation. First of all, Tim, welcome to About Mansfield. Well, thank you, Steve. Tell us about the Fall Veterans Benefit Seminar. When when does it happen and what's going to take place? Well, this Saturday, October the 22nd, uh, from 10 to 1, we're extending invitations out to any veteran and spouse to uh, come to the administrative building, Mansfield ISD at 605 East Broad Street here in Mansfield, to learn about benefits that you earn through your faithful service. I had the opportunity to attend one of these uh, some time back and realized what I didn't know about what was available to us. And we put together, uh, the foundation has a list of very impressive speakers and presenters that will help educate you about what you're doing. And not only educate you about it, but how to navigate and access. Tim, can you give me an example of maybe one or two benefits that veterans may have overlooked and, and that will be presented in this, uh, in this, uh, this seminar? I can. So let's say we've had some difficulty and all of us have experienced difficulty in getting registered with the VA. So there, there's a, a lady there, claims by heart, Rose Hart, who is also a veteran who experienced the same level of frustration with us or with the VA and um, has created a company focused at nothing but helping veterans navigate the VA system in a more efficient way. Uh, another example is the VA medical administrative specialist for outpatient clinics, which is most of uh, the contact the veteran would have, uh, will be physically on site so that the, the veteran can ask questions or can check on their status. I was looking down the list. It appears you have uh, a variety of speakers, uh, 10 speakers in total, including uh, our mayor and our uh, Texas state representative, David Cook, will be there as well, but uh, mostly focusing on uh, the veterans and how you can help them uh, with their benefits. Uh, and And again, so this free seminar... 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Saturday, October 22nd at the Mansfield ISD Administration Building, 605 East Broad Street. Uh, Tim, in the minute or so that we have left, uh, is there anything that you would like to add? Yeah, I would would encourage any veteran. If you're a veteran, if you haven't interacted with VA yet, you will. And it may be at the end of life where your loved ones are having to deal with it, or it may require some hospice, or you may need glasses. There's just a long list of things that you are due and you should take the opportunity to take advantage of the system and benefits that you've earned through your service. Tim, I appreciate it and thank you for your service. And again, thank you to all the veterans out that are listening out there for your, uh, your service to our country. Uh, we'll see you on Saturday at 10 a.m. Well, thanks for your support. The American Red Cross North Texas region wants to help make homes and communities safer. So starting Saturday, October 22nd and running through the 29th, the Red Cross and Mansfield Fire Department will visit Mansfield communities to install free smoke alarms for people in need and help them create a fire escape plan as part of the Sound the Alarm campaign. The Red Cross wants to remind Mansfield residents that you have only two minutes to escape a home fire, which is the nation's most frequent disaster. Home fires also claim more lives in a typical year than all natural disasters combined. Thanks to the home fire and sound the alarm events, the Red Cross has helped save nearly 1,400 lives nationwide since 2014 and made more than 1 million homes safer by installing free smoke alarms. 
Residents must sign up in advance for the free smoke alarm, and you can find the link to do so on our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the links tab. Let's head on over to the sports desk. Here's Jonathan Dodd. It was a tough week for MISD football teams as Mansfield is no longer undefeated, falling to the Duncanville Panthers 38-3. It was an off night for senior quarterback Sergio Kennedy. He threw two interceptions and was held to six yards on eight carries on the night. They will try to regroup against Waxahachie at home this Friday. 5-2 Waxahachie is coming off a big win over the Legacy Broncos 31-21. Waxahachie's Ramon McKinney had a very efficient night, throwing only three passes, two of them for touchdowns. Legacy is now 3-4 and four on the season and will play Lake Ridge this weekend. And speaking of Lake Ridge, it was a battle of the birds between them and the DeSoto Eagles, with DeSoto running away with this one 86-26, dropping Lake Ridge to 2-5 and five this year. Summit was at home and went to work on the ground versus Corsicana. They racked up eight touchdowns rushing with three backs earning at least two scores apiece. Summit moves back over 500 and will take on the Everman Bulldogs on the road. And one team stands alone as Timberview was the only unbeaten left amongst the MISD schools, shutting out Molina 60 to nothing. Junior quarterback Cameron Bates tosses four scores in the win. They look to stay undefeated when they next play Sunset Friday night. This week's high and low scores of Texas high school football. The Lake Ridge-DeSoto game was close to being the top-scoring matchup this weekend, but the honor goes to the Westbrook-Robbie game with a final score of 86-36. The lows were brought to you by the city of Houston as Houston-St. Pius wins over Houston-The Village 2-0. And this week's Goose Egg Game of the Week, Paducah takes down Harold 78-Zilch. Reporting from the About Mansfield Sports Desk, I'm Jonathan Dodd. Thank you, Jonathan. We love getting feedback from the community. And if you have a comment about the show, you can reach us by email at news at aboutmansfield.com. That email address again is news at aboutmansfield.com. Sunday, October 23rd is National Mole Day. It's celebrated annually on October 23rd from 6.02 a.m. to 6.02 p.m. Mole Day commemorates Avogadro's number That's 6.02 times 10 to the power of 23, which is a basic measuring unit in chemistry. Mole Day was created as a way to foster interest in chemistry, and schools throughout the United States celebrate Mole Day with various activities related to chemistry and or moles. For any given molecule, one mole is a mass in grams whose number is equal to the molar mass of the molecule. For example, the water molecule has a molar mass of 18. Therefore, one mole of water weighs 18 grams. In general, one mole of any substance contains Avogadro's number of molecules or atoms of that substance. This relationship was first discovered by Amadeo Avogadro, and yet he did not receive credit for this until after his death. Now, when I first read that the 23rd is National Mole Day, I incorrectly read it as National Mole Day. So, how about this? This Sunday... In honor of National Mole Day, may I suggest dinner at Casa Jacaranda on Country Club Drive and try their chicken mole enchiladas. Tell them Steve sent you. Let's head on over to the weather desk where our weather mole, Colleen, has the dirt on the forecast for the next week. Colleen? Ooh, now I want enchiladas. Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. After some chilly mornings early this week, we're warming back up a bit, but overall it will be a gorgeous week. We're looking at a high Wednesday of 65 degrees, Thursday 79 degrees, Friday 84 degrees, Saturday 85 degrees, Sunday 86 degrees, Monday 81 degrees, and Tuesday 80 degrees. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that Mansfield sprinklers deliver up to a quarter inch of irrigation this week. Many sprinklers can be turned off this week, but not every lawn was lucky with Sunday's rainfall. If your lawns were dry over the weekend, consider watering later in the week. As the days get colder, be sure to check your irrigation controller settings and adjust it to make sure they are not watering for summer weather. For more watering tips, visit waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. 
As always, we're talking science, health, real estate, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community. And why so many people trust Methodist. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. Congratulations to Morgan Valentine, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. How much does an annual freshwater fishing license cost for a Mansfield resident under 65 years of age? Morgan knew that an annual fishing license is required of any resident who fishes in the public waters of Texas, including within the Mansfield Parks system, and costs $30 a year for citizens under the age of 65. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and we are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question, the first person. To email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com, we'll receive a $25 gift card to a local eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has been helping Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, Mansfield used to have a full-service gas station at the corner of Broad and Main Street. The grand opening in June of 1951 consisted of young ladies giving away carnations and balloons. After 50 years, the family-owned full-service filling station was closed. This week's trivia question is, what was the name of the full-service filling station that occupied the corner of Main and Broad for 50 years? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what was the name of the full-service filling station that occupied the corner of Main and Broad Streets for 50 years? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance 
for the gift card. Hi, I'm Orion Jean with Race to Kindness, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb has an update on crashing spaceships into asteroids. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned that NASA had crashed a spaceship into an asteroid's moon. Since then, we have figured out that the crash actually did change the orbit of the moon and by how much. To review, we are talking about the NASA space probe DART, which is an acronym for Double Asteroid Redirection Test. It smashed into the small moon of an asteroid. The idea was to fly to this asteroid and its moon, lock onto the moon, and crash the 800-pound spaceship into the moon at 15,000 miles an hour. This speed is 10 times faster than really fast bullets. However, rockets in the vacuum of space can go as fast as you got fuel in it and oxidizer. From the math, the kinetic energy would be 8 billion joules. Joules is a measure of, of kinetic energy. I've kind of forgotten what a joule is like, so for reference, if a 2,000-pound car crashes into a barrier at 70 miles an hour, this is about 400,000 joules of kinetic energy. So, doing the math, the dart crash was like 18,000 of these car crashes all at once in one place. Boom! While NASA knew they had made the impact, it was going to take a while to see how much the moon's orbit had changed. The whole goal of this was to see if we can change the orbit of an asteroid if it was headed to the Earth, preventing a very bad thing. Since the asteroid is far away, no telescope can see the asteroid and its moon as two separate objects, so we can't directly measure the orbit of the moon. We do have a very good indirect way to measure it. While the main asteroid, called Didymos, was discovered in 1996, it's pretty small and faint. The existence of its moon was not confirmed until 2002, based on light curves and radar imaging by the now-defunct giant radio telescope dish at Arecibo in Puerto Rico. Anyway, we can tell every time the moon went into the shadow of the asteroid, as the total brightness would decrease by a measurable amount for a measurable time. This information is enough to tell that the moon had, for years, reliably completed an orbit around the asteroid every 11 hours and 53 minutes. It's an indirect measurement, but the math and physics work. NASA had set a goal to shorten the orbit by at least a minute, but when the data came in, that 18,000 simultaneous car crashes had shortened the orbit by 32 minutes. Astronomers will continue to make measurements to reduce the uncertainty, to estimate how much of the moon's mass was blasted off in the collision, and see what else can be learned. Lots of telescopes have detected a changing debris field from all the dirt and rocks kicked up by the impact. This is all interesting, but it is also an important milestone. This is the first time humans have changed the orbit of a remote celestial body. It proves we can nudge this kind of big space rock enough to change its orbit enough to save the Earth from impact. The mission also proved several useful technologies, including how, on its own, the spaceship could see the asteroid and its moon as separate objects and blast its way into the moon. It also showed that this amount of kinetic energy could change the orbit without splitting the moon into smaller but still dangerous pieces. We are not done with the planetary protection planning. There is another class of asteroid that is just a pile of rubble, a bunch of rocks loosely held together by their, the individual gravity of each of the individual rocks. Crashing a spaceship into this might not change the orbit, but change the dangerous bullet into a dangerous shotgun blast. People are studying what to do if one of these rubble pile asteroids menaces our planet. I think it would be really embarrassing if humanity was wiped out by a rubble pile from space. We have sent spaceships to visit and study several asteroids, and astronomers are working to see if studying the light from a newly discovered asteroid can tell us which kind of asteroid it is. About 10 space probes so far, launched from four different countries, have successfully visited 15 different asteroids. The first was in 1991. Five other spaceships failed to, to accomplish their mission. Space is hard. Today, one spaceship is en route to visit six different asteroids, and four more launches are planned in the future. So, Humans made this DART spaceship, launched it on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket, that's the same one that launches people to the International Space Station, and the spaceship flew itself into a collision with the moon of an asteroid, millions of miles away. Go humans! 
If you have any question about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Angel Biasati is here to take care of your heart in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Anyone can be at risk for heart disease. It's the number one killer of both men and women in the United States. But it's one of the diseases we can actually help prevent. One of the easiest things you can do is to get moving. 30 minutes of walking a day can improve your health by reducing your risk for heart disease improving your blood pressure, and it's one small step we can all do. So join me and let's step out for heart health and the 8th Annual Mansfield Run with the Heart event at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center. Lace up your sneakers for that chip-timed half marathon, 5K, or a one-mile fun run. The race kicks off at 7.30 a.m. on Saturday, November 12th at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center. All proceeds benefit cardiology services right here in your hometown. To register, go to MethodistMansfieldRunWithHeart.org. Putting our hearts alongside friends and neighbors is community. Join me in the city at the race and pledge yourself to better heart health. A little physical exercise can go a long way in life. Exercising increases oxygen, blood flow to the muscles, reduces tension and stress. It also helps lower blood pressure, reduce fluid, and build strong bones. See you there! I'm Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to Know, reporting for the About Mansfield podcast. Buying or selling? Realtor Beth Steinke always has great information with the Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. So, yard work really isn't your thing. That's okay. It's not really my thing either. We can't all be good at all the things. But how important is a nicely landscaped home when you sell? The short answer, it depends. What do I mean by that? Buyer demand, aka the market, will always dictate whether or not something needs to be addressed before you list. You've heard me say it before, if it's broken, fix it. But does the same apply to a weedy lawn or a rickety fence? When home inventory levels are low, buyers will tend to overlook an unkempt yard far more than they will when they have many choices. There is a strong correlation between the inventory levels, aka buyer demand, and whether or not you can skimp on the extra effort on the yard. The same reason you never ripped out all that crab grass and resodded is the same thing that's going through the buyer's mind. It's time-consuming, back-breaking work. Or it's expensive. Or both. That broken sprinkler system was no big deal, you figured. You could use a manual water hose to keep the grass green in the summer. Except you didn't, and now it's a thorny, patchy, dry wasteland turning off buyers. Some will drive by and never request to see the inside. Some will pull up and say, no, let's skip this one. I know it's a huge ordeal to dig up the sprinkler system and find that solenoid that isn't working, but letting these things go creates a domino effect that a few years later when it's time to sell could cost you buyers, money, and time. The psychology works like this. You have about eight seconds to make that first impression with a buyer. The time it takes them to walk from the car To the front door should be a place that makes them smile, feel at peace, and in total and complete anticipation of the lovely interior of your home. Your front yard should not be a place that makes them feel uneasy or stress them out. Here are my top recommendations. Number one, work on the grass. Healthy grass tends to keep the weeds at bay, resawed long before you need to sell. Number two, fresh mulch in the flower beds for a well-manicured look. Number three, add a few seasonal flower choices to your flower beds and get rid of the plants that make it look like Sleepy Hollow in there. Number four, trim your plants, edge your sidewalk, driveways, and flower beds. While you're outside, go ahead and make sure all those wasp nests are knocked down and no cobwebs are lurking in the highest reaches of your stoop. You've got this, and if you're feeling out of your depth, do what I do. Hire someone that can make the exterior come to life. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of Tuesday, October 18th, there are 127 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. Homes this week range from a $200,000 mobile home, with the list topping out at $2.3 million on a property with 50 acres. 
19 homes closed last week in Mansfield, which indicates good activity is still happening in the rising interest rate environment. September results should be out next week, so tune in then for more complete statistical analysis. Are there real estate topics you want to learn more about? Send me a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is featuring pomegranate and wine in the cocktail of the week. This week's cocktail of the week is the pomegranate halo cocktail. Last week, I started a seven-week series on fall-inspired cocktails, and since September was Bourbon Heritage Month, and I recently got back from a trip to Kentucky, I'm adding another bourbon-forward fall-inspired cocktail. And like last week, I'm using Monin syrup in the cocktail. But don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. So ingredients, you need two ounces of your favorite bourbon, three-fourths of an ounce of Monin pomegranate syrup, one ounce of fresh lemon juice, and two ounces of dry red wine. You're going to place all the ingredients in a shaker glass with the exception of the red wine, shake thoroughly, strain into a Collins glass full of fresh ice, pour the red wine on top, and then garnish with some pomegranate arils some orange peel, and a Lizardo or other premium dark cherry. The pomegranate arils are the small pink seeds that come inside a pomegranate. It's the only part of the pomegranate that's edible. You can buy them in any major grocery store. And this glass is going to be a Tom Collins glass. But as always, I'm open to hear your take and input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Hi, I'm Olympian athlete Jasmine Moore, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And today we present the conclusion of our conversation with Mansfield resident Christy Silvis, who just completed a 750-mile, 73-day trek on the Camino de Santiago. Enjoy. The Camino, for many people is a religious experience. Mm-hmm. Was this for you? It, yes and no. Um, I am not a religious person. Used to be at one, you know, raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. So I knew all, I know all the humana humana, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. Right. For mass. <laughs> um, hadn't. <laughs> watch out for the, watch yeah. out for the lightning bolt. <laughs> uh, I, Honestly, hadn't been to Mass in 15, 20 years. I go, I went to Mass quite frequently, partly because there was absolutely nothing else to do in a town when the only thing that's happening is, you know, Mass before the restaurants opened. Yeah. Uh, but it was all in Spanish or French, depending on which country I was in at the time. And... For those that don't know, if you go into one Catholic church anywhere in the world, it pretty much follows exactly the same pattern. So I knew what what was going on, didn't know exactly what was going on. I was more, a couple of things about it, always odd with the concept of how I don't know if intense is the right word, but of how devoted people are to their religion Mm -hmm. and what they are willing to do, particularly historically. You know, you you can talk about hundreds of thousands of years ago with uh, the Spanish um, Inquisitions and, you know, all these other things, all all really in, in. related to religion. And even in Spain, uh, walking through it, there was uh, St. James. Let's just take St. James. Okay. Uh, he's known for the Camino. He's known to be, you know, an apostle of Christ. St. James is also uh, known as uh, Slayer of the Moors. So you have statues of him walking with his staff and his shell on his hat or you have statues of him on a horse rearing back with a big sword. And there were a couple of churches that it had heads oh, no. <laughs> that he'd, you know, slammed off. So 
part of that is in relation to uh, the Moors, um, Muslims that had invaded Spain and, you know, they gave it. But I found out that he actually, St. James actually never slayed any Moors. It's just the knights and the soldiers would pray to St. James to give them strength to get rid of these, you know, people. But I, w- I was mostly impressed with the kindness and love that I would see from people. Yeah. And also concerned that these churches and cathedrals that could seat hundreds of people had maybe 10 gray-haired people in it Wow! for Mass and me. <laughs> <laughs> and going to Mass, <clears throat> you you mentioned that you, you've been to a Catholic Mass or two, uh, mm-hmm. that... That yeah, once you once you know the routine, stand up, sit down, kneel. No matter what language it's in, the format of the mass is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've been to I've been to mass in Spanish, French, and Latin, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. You yeah. you stand up at a certain time, you kneel at a certain time, you uh, you take communion at 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 a certain time. So I would assume same in in while you were on the Camino. Yes. So I, what I would do is that I would go um, to the church and mostly to uh, meditate, mull over my day mm-hmm. kind of thing. It, it, I think it, it serves a purpose. And I do think, uh, I've always felt that prayer is not praying to ask for something, you know, some entity out there bestow me with money or gifts or new shoes or whatever, I think prayer is an opportunity to stop and reflect and to think, how can I build inner strength to accept whatever is going on in my life, whether it be health or, you know, financial issues or, or whatever. So it was always kind of nice to walk into a Always cool building, generally speaking, cool building. No air conditioning. So, I mean, I, I uh, there was a little self-preservation involved here that the coolest place in town was the church. Was the church. with their, Literally their, and figuratively. There were 12-inch brick walls that <clears throat> kept the heat out. Yes. Yeah. So, if you wanted to cool off, go into the local church and you can at least sit there and cool off. And these are churches that were built <laughs> a thousand, thousand years, years ago. ago. Or more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of them were built on Roman ruins or that the Roman temple was then converted into a church. So you're talking, you know, incredible, incredibly old uh, buildings. And in churches, when you walk in and you see these big cathedrals and you see all these little altars along the side of the church, well, those are families that have purchased that little section for their own little Mass, tombs, burial sites. They generally, a thousand years ago, had their own family priest. So in any one of these churches or cathedrals, there could be 20 masses going on at the same time hmm. because everybody in their own little thing. So there, there weren't necessarily pews going up and down the whole thing. It was this little guy and this little guy there. There was one... Um, I, I honestly it went to so many cathedrals. I, I think it was in uh, probably Leon or Burgos that the family of a cardinal had purchased their own little um, side altar chapel thing, and they hung the cardinal's hat from the ceiling. And so here is this cardinal's hat hanging from the ceiling, you know, 50 feet up or however far up that is. And his tomb's over here, and then the family's all lined up in the wall or on, in the floor. Usually, they're right. buried in the floor. Um, so, that kind of dedication and thought that their belief in an afterlife and that this is the way to get there, um, to me, is always fascinating. But it always fascinates me what motivates people. And that is probably the biggest conversation on the Camino is asking people uh, why they're walking the Camino. And there's generally um, several reasons. The younger people, I'd say between 20 and mid-30s, 
are walking it because it's a cheap European vacation. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, okay. You know, we can go on a hike. We have cheap places to stay. Got no money. You know, it's fun. I well, would, that, okay. With the exception of the airfare. Mm-hmm. So from day one on the Camino to, to the 73rd day, how much do you think you spent? For the whole 90 days, I I spent around... Seven thousand. Okay. Um, so definitely. Well, that includes a week in Paris and a week in Barcelona. Right. <laughs> so, well, that's okay. And that I was, was trying much to, more expensive. I was trying to narrow that down. Yeah, to at I, least I would just, say an average about fifty bucks or less a day. Okay. And that included breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and and uh, a plate and, and a bed. Yeah. Okay. And not bad. So, yeah. No, you can't. You can't get that here. That's for sure. You just have to work for it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you just have to walk and yeah. get there. The, now, talk about walking. The the uh, the route that you took from from southern France to um, uh, to Santiago. There are dozens oh, of caminos. I, I think that, thirty or forty or that, I, that eventually coming. wind up in Santiago. Right. Um, the one of the more popular ones uh, goes out of Portugal, out of Porto. Yes. Is why did you choose the route that you took? Um, I think that was the easiest one for me to get to the beginning. Although I discovered when I was done, there was an easier one that starts near Paris, and I could have, which added about. Couple hundred miles, <laughs> <laughs> just a couple, just hundred. a couple hundred miles, uh, but which I ended up doing the extra um, two hundred because once I got to Santiago, I had plenty of time, so I went ahead and walked out to Finisterra and back, which was another two hundred mile round trip. So that's right, because once you reached Santiago, you had to go someplace else to get a flight out. Yeah, I had to go back it, to Paris, and. And then the question was, well, now, now what do I want to do? So it was kind of interesting to not be in any hurry and just be able to literally kind of throw a dart at a board and go, now where do I want to go? But I'm very <laughs> glad that I walked out to um, Finisterra, which is the end of the world. It is literally Finis and Terra right, right. world. It is the westernmost point of continental Europe. Huh. And to stand on the rocks there on the seashore, to look out at the horizon, and to me think that somebody stood here and said, hmm, I wonder if there's anything beyond the end of the world. I think I'll hop in a boat and go there. I mean, that's mind-blowing for me personally. As is, I've always been fascinated with the Oregon Trail, because I lived in Washington, Uh Oregon, California, that somebody thought that my life is so bad here, that there's so much more opportunity there, that I think I will pack up my whole family, all of my belongings, and walk 3,000 miles to have a better life, knowing that maybe half of us will make it. Yeah, I might lose half my family along the way, but that prospect of a better life, of something different, is greater than the reality here. I mean, I don't see any of us saying, I think I'll just... I mean, I don't know how... uh, I cannot tell you how many people have said that I am so brave for doing this. Yeah. And, And particularly by myself. And I'm going, no, this isn't brave at all. What's brave is the family from Venezuela that thinks they're going to hop into a little raft, cross the Gulf of Mexico, and then walk another thousand or two miles to the U.S. border for asylum. That's brave. Right. Right. (laughs) Not my knowing I got a bed, you know, uh, three meals and a cot every day. That's just a long walk. With no golf. Did, did you miss golf? No. Two questions. What advice would you give to someone who was thinking on doing the Camino? And what would you do differently if you were to do the Camino again? Um, my advice would be don't listen to any advice. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. No reservations. No reservations. <laughs> well, because a lot of it you can't. Um, 
I, I think I would still make reservations for the first couple of days so that you can ease into it and feel comfortable. And then after that, make your own path and figure out how far you can walk, what you want to do. Because there were some times that I'd get into a town that was, oh, very difficult thing about Spain, the siesta business. <laughs> Which is what, like three to five in the afternoon or? Depending on what town or village you're in. It might be one to six. It might be two to four. It might be three to seven. And dinner's not till 10 o'clock at and night. And dinner's not till 10 o'clock. So my day consisted of, I would get up when I got up. I'd walk a couple hours. Um, and and I, had, I did have an app on my phone that could tell me where it, it, it had little icons of what had cafes, what had um, stores, pharmacy, hospitals, mm-hmm. things like that. So I'd go, okay, so it's about two hours to walk to this town. Cafe's there. I'll have breakfast. So I'd walk two hours, have breakfast, walk a few more hours, have lunch, and then walk to where I'm staying for the night. But the first thing you do when you get to where you're staying is find out when the next meal is. Yeah. Because if the restaurant closes at 2 o'clock and, or 4 o'clock and you're there at 3 o'clock and the restaurant doesn't open again until 9 o'clock. <laughs> when's your next meal? Yeah, when's your next meal? So you figure out when you're going to eat and then you plan accordingly. So uh, essentially it would be either eat then or eat later, uh, take a shower, change clothes, wash your dirty clothes, hang them out to dry, then... Uh, go do things. Sometimes it would be taking a nap because, you know, you, you were tired. And sometimes it would would be like there was this one place that I uh, was walking down the road and I met this uh, lovely lady, Lucy, and met with her and walked with her for a little ways. And we were supposed to, we both had reservations at this one um, hostel in this one town. But as we're walking, you saw this old castle on top of the hill. You keep getting closer and closer and closer and wondering what that was. So we get to the town where we were supposed to stay, and the castle was still a little off in the distance. (laughs) And there was a little piece of paper on the door saying, sorry, we're closed, and we're not opening, you know, till three or four days from now. Like when Dorothy got to to Oz. Yeah, sorry, we're closed. Sorry, we're closed. So it's like, okay, I guess... We just walked to the next town and see if we can find a place. <laughs> so we walked to the next town, found a place to stay, and it was at the at the base of the um, where the castle was. And I walk. Uh, they had a little bar cafe there, and talking with the bartender, saying, "Is it very far to get up to the top where the castle is?" And he tells me, no, but you'll need a key because it's it's locked. And I yeah. said, okay, well, no, that's okay. I'll just want to go up and walk around and see it. And he goes, oh, no, here. <gasps> Here's the key. Here's the key. <laughs> and he said, well, if, if anybody's coming up after you and they want the key, just give it to them. Yeah. Okay. So I walk up there, had a great time visiting this castle that uh, it's very old ruins. There was a chapel there the whole bit. Come back down to the bar. Asked for a glass of wine because I know it was cold, nice and refreshing. Goes, oh, no, you don't want wine. Went, oh, well, I kind of do, but whatever. So he makes uh, what they call Tinto de Verona, which is a mild sangria. It's about half a glass of red wine, uh, club soda, and lemon. And it was very refreshing. I was going to say. And that became my go-to drink for the rest of the Camino. And uh, the, the Lucy didn't want to hike. She had bad blisters, and so she didn't hike up to the castle with me. And she had said, "Oh, well, the cathedral here is closed because a lot of them are locked. They don't they don't want people in there breaking or pillaging, and they're opened during services." And I said, "Oh, too bad. It would be really kind of nice to see it." The same bartender pulls out another set of keys. Yeah, just happened to have that key too. <laughs> he also happened to be the mayor. Oh, the okay. only bar, the only hostel, and the mayor of the town. So we had the keys. So we go to this uh, cathedral, essentially across the street, and and, and church cathedral. There, you know, it, it's it's if it's big and whatever. So we walk into this uh, church that was essentially empty, and Lucy, who I come to find out is a professional opera singer, wow, sings Ave Maria in this empty church, and it was just like. I couldn't have planned this. 
I, any better with the the hard wall acoustics oh, is just oh it, I mean I echoing. just still brings tears to my eyes of, of how it is so because there was a sign on this freaking door that said we were closed yeah I ended up with this amazing experience and you you immediately got your phone out and recorded this yeah you did I, I did okay. I, I recorded I recorded um, some of it okay. I I do not feel comfortable because I feel it's disrespectful to uh, record things mm-hmm. uh, in churches during masses, whatever. And I was behind her when she started singing, and I'm and and the um, the gentleman and I are just our eyes are kind of like bulging out of our heads, going, "Whoa!" You're right. right. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like being in a a hard walled room. And listening to music where the it huge just dome ceiling, yes, it, echo, the, you know, it just the, the, the reverberation, mm-hmm. and and you talk about being brought to tears. The I, I mentioned earlier in this interview, the, the, having gone to mass in French, and this was a midnight mass on Christmas Eve. Oh my goodness! In Paris, and the the nuns came out and sang "Silent Night" in French. Mm. With in 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 one of the oldest churches mm-hmm. in 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 Paris, and it just reverberated. It was it, it literally. I had to. I took my tie and I wiped my eyes. Mm-hmm. That it brought tears. And as a musician, it's very very difficult to get me that, that emotional emotion. mm-hmm. when it comes to music. No, it doesn't take anything to get me emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pepsi commercials, Hallmark card there commercials. I'm 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 down with it. But so, that, you know, just by circumstance, I had a lot of interesting experiences. I have no idea if that even remotely answered any question you had. <laughs> uh, if I recall, oh, the question was, was what advice and, yeah. and would you do it again? I, I definitely and, do. As a matter of fact, I am thinking about doing uh, not that particular route again, but do uh, a different route. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Camino uh, de Francesco, which goes it actually is the is the road to Rome. Okay. So you I think you start in southern France and go around the Mediterranean uh, down to Rome. And that looks pretty interesting, but all of them are, you know, some have better accommodations, others don't. Like the one the road from Portugal doesn't have um the accommodations are fewer and farther between. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the reasons for doing the Camino Francis that I knew it was well. Tra- it's the most popular, well-trodden one, so that there were, you know, many more options available on how far I could walk and and not walk. Um, there's could extend it. You can even start in England, Ireland, take ferry across at southern England, and then you start up again in Ocaran. Yeah, but th- I thought the Camino Francis was more doable for me at the time. Way, way back at the beginning of the interview, I had you describe day one. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, I look at this as uh, my one and done only time of having jumped out of an airplane. I remember when I jumped and I remembered when I landed. The rest of it is pretty much a blur. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about day 73 and describe what it was like finally making it to the altar of Santiago. Well, it, it, it was very interesting walking into Santiago. I had caught up with a couple uh, who were from France, and we were walking along a little bit. They were walking into Santiago for the first time. They had been walking for 10 years taking a one-week vacation every year, walking about 100 kilometers. Mm. And this was their, essentially their final lap. So that's one thing. It's like, and they were like overwhelmed with, it's taken us 10 years to do this. Wow. As I'm walking towards the cathedral, I run into the gentleman that I met on the very first day. Right. So it's like the 10 years, the repeat, and you... Okay, this is this is where it's emotional. You walk into the front of the cathedral, 
And there are hundreds of people with their backpacks just standing around, all exhausted, all tired, all overwhelmed, and like, it's done. And then the next thing that you do is you walk through the holy door, uh, which is only open in holy years. And this happens to be a holy year uh, that the Pope declared it was a holy year. It was technically last year, but they extended the holy year because it was uh, because of COVID. Yeah. So you walk through the holy doors and then you directly walk down to the tomb of St. James. And you're sitting here. 10, 15, 20 feet away from some dude who was alive, lived, and talked with Jesus. And no matter what your religious faith or whatever is, to me, that's like, I, I, I do, I guess I do have a belief system of what would Jesus do. Yeah. And that's all you need. That's all you need in any situation. What would Jesus do? It has no, has nothing to do with a faith in, in a superior being or whatever. But to sit there and look at this tomb and go, this, this guy lived and talked and walked with a philosopher, scholar, person who loved everybody, whose sole purpose in life was to teach us to love one another period, and to have that as the recurring theme for 90 days was so refreshing, so hmm. beyond my comprehension. Yeah. And then to come back and the first thing off the plane is <laughs> of a bunch of crap that will have no... A lot of first world problems. Oh, Yeah. That will have no significant issues, you know, everything from my food's cold on the plane to, hmm. you know, whatever the, you know, political brouhaha issue is that has nothing to do with loving one another. Absolutely nothing. Try walking a mile in my shoes. Yeah. Meaning you just walked 700 miles. Your food's cold. Try walking a mile in my shoes. Yep. And or it, 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 that's so insignificant. Exactly. It has, it has no purpose, value, whatever. So I think if nothing else, I walked away being more humbled with what life is about and what we as, as human beings should be. Um, one of the masses I went to at the uh, top of this mountain in a monastery uh, the, I think they were talking about, um, is it John 14, love? That God is love? John 4, dot, dot, 8. Yeah, I knew there was a John. <laughs> yes, God is love, and all who live in love live in God. God lives in them. Yes. And it's, it's not saying to praise God. It's not saying to praise Jesus. It's not saying to praise Allah. It's saying to love. Live in love. Live in love. Yeah. Period. And that's what I just get so disheartened to see that that is not what I see in day-to-day -day life here. I received an awful lot of kindness. I was the old lady that everybody was worried about. And made sure I had one day I had um, a couple of uh, a couple walk back to make sure I was okay because huh. I hadn't made it to the hostel yet. Wow! <laughs> it's like, no, I'm fine. I'm just taking my time. <laughs> yeah, just taking my time. So, if uh, if someone wanted to watch or go or go really just relive your experiences, would you recommend? Are your your are your posts on Facebook? Uh, yes, yes. Open to the public. Ah, uh, you know what? No, I I've, I've got a private Facebook group, but I'm willing to add followers requests. Okay. So, and how do they access that? Um, on Instagram, it would be Christy on the Camino. And on Facebook, it would be Christy Lawhead Silvis. 
And I don't post much on Facebook. I usually post my summer trips. Um, I think, Steve, you're aware of the fact I'm on a mission to go to all the national parks. Right. So every summer, I we would um, travel around the country and go to national parks, which I've been to over 300 of them, believe it or not. And there's about 427, I think, at this moment in time. Mm. So I'm getting down to the nitty gritty on that, but you know things like the Arctic Circle National Park and the American Samoa National Park are a little harder to get to. Yeah, don't know if I'll make it there. We'll see. And on Instagram again, Christy on Christy the Cam- on the Camino, and it's C H R I S T Y Christy on the Camino. Mm-hmm. And I everything still because I posted as a an, I don't I, thank you. Rebecca and Samantha Silvis for being my social media advisors. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm glad you mentioned thanks. Is there anybody that you want to recognize before we close out this interview? Um, well, certainly, you know, my family, Paul, you know, he was very supportive of me to do it. And certainly my kids and their partners, they all... You know, go, mom, go. Yeah. Although I did have one incident on the Camino that kind of scared the, the beepers out of them. I have uh, a Garmin watch, right. which I bought specifically for the Camino. Um, it hooks up with this uh, Relive app, so it it maps where you walked, and you could take pictures along the way, and it posts it, and that goes on uh, automatically goes on to Instagram. And I had program my watch for my kids to be in emergency contact. So one day I was done with my walk. I go to wash my clothes and washing clothes mostly was in a laundry tub and you're scrubbing. Well, I had my watch on. I thought, oh, I don't need my watch on while I'm washing, getting it all soapy. So I took it off and put it in my fanny pack. So I'm washing and my fanny pack's banging against this laundry tub. Oh no. And about Five minutes later, my daughter's calling me. Mom, are you okay? I'm going, uh, yeah, what's up? Well, apparently my Garmin watch thought that my heartbeat had stopped and I'm rolling down a hill. (laughs) (laughs) And sent an alert to all my kids (laughs) going. Whoops. And I look at my phone and there were 27 text messages. Mom, mom, are you okay? Mom, mom. Rolling down the backside of the Pyrenees. The good news. The good news was it was about eight or nine o'clock in the morning their time, so it wasn't a one a.m. middle of the night wake up call. But then I couldn't figure out how to turn off the emergency alert. So that is one thing that I would uh, make an, an advice as to what's your backup plan. And my backup plan was knowing that you can take a taxi to the nearest bus station, to the nearest airport, and leave whenever you want. You don't have to walk the whole thing. Take your time and enjoy the journey. Because life is nothing but a journey and about the people that we meet and the scenes that we uh, participate in and the life that we choose to live. It's not about the final destination. Right. Because once you get there, that's all she wrote. It's the journey. I have, uh, I've enjoyed listening to your stories. <laughs> and I'm sure we could sit for another hour and uh, uh, maybe we'll have you back for part four, part five, oh, or part, part six. I'm, or uh, I'm retired now. I, right. got, I got nothing. Thank you for being on About Mansfield. I am just delighted. Your stories were fascinating. Fascinating. I I can't wait to have you back and 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 talk more specifically about some of these little towns and and the the cathedrals and uh, and even just the food that you ate. And, I need to uh, so. go back and review my own posts because there were so many, and I kept asking, "Am I like over?" Well, I was really doing it for myself, but um, but yeah, it's like you said earlier, the start and the end, and the middle. There's some blurring, and then something will crop, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That yeah. was really cool, or that was hard, or easy, or whatever. But thanks again for being here. You are quite welcome. A pleasure. 
Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will talk with another fine citizen from the community of Mansfield. You will just have to tune in to find out who it is. As always, this is the place where you'll hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Sports, Jonathan Dodd. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Ask Terry, Home Improvement, Terry Radzwin. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jonathan Dodd. We thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. <laughs>